This is a Creative Council podcast, episode 59, how to protect your digital products, a step-by-step guide. Welcome to Creative Council with Brittany Rattel. I'm your host, Brittany, an attorney for creatives who believes in solid contracts and cute office supplies, and who wants to empower you to be a more confident business owner. Whether you're a creative, influencer, maker, artist, shop owner, or content creator, you are not just a blank. You are a real bona fide business owner. So let's help you own your business and get you legally legit with Brit. Hello, listeners, and welcome back. I know it's been a hot minute since I've seen you here. um, And you know, we've had an interesting year 2020 for sure. Um, But I, uh, I knew that I needed to soak in and uh, put my number one as my client work this summer. And so I hope you can appreciate that and understand that uh, with me, serving my clients is always going to come first. And so we've been on a little hiatus in between um, that we are ready to launch here our new season. And I'm so excited to share about our topic today, which is protecting your digital product. So today we're going to be talking about protecting everything from online courses to downloads, swipe files, um, anything, you know, printables, any of the goodies, you know, downloadable workbooks, ebooks, all the stuff that we get digitally as part of our businesses. Um, And this could also include membership models too. And so these are um, obviously growing businesses. They've been exploding the last few years. I I just found one stat that said there has been an 800% increase in visitors to subscription company websites from 2014 to 2017. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, 800. That, that's a lot. (laughs) Any way you slice it, that's a lot of new people and new eyeballs in business. So um, whether this is part of your current business model or it's something that you want to get into, it's a a revenue stream that you want to explore, we're going to talk about how to do it, how to do it right, and how to make sure that you are minimizing the risk and exposure you have to protecting your brand, protecting your hard work as you've moved forward. So Um, One quick um, ask I want to make before that is that if you've not gotten a chance to leave me a rating or review on this Creative Council, um, would you please do that um, now? Would you pause? And um, you can be a quick five stars. You can do it in your iTunes app um, or if you want to write a little ditty. But it's um, it's something I would really appreciate. I read every single one of these and they help people find this podcast. So um, this is something, you know, podcast, it doesn't make me money. Obviously, I I put this content out because I know um, how valuable it is and how important and I've gotten, you know, really great feedback from you guys. And I love getting DMs or shares online and those are all wonderful too. But um in terms of this being able to be seen by other people and kind of have that social proof that hey, this is a legit podcast, it's worth listening to, the best way to help me do that and for you to help your fellow entrepreneur that's behind you or next to you is to leave a rating and review. So if you can do that, I'd much appreciate it. Okay, let's get going. All right. So my first tip is that make sure in protecting your digital product um, that you have all the rights to the content in your digital product. Okay. Um, This means that if you didn't make it, we need to know where it comes from. Okay. We need to have a really clean chain of title. I call it, it's a, it's a super nerdy legal term. It usually refers to real property, but in here we're talking about digital property. And so we want to make sure that we can answer the question of, um, who designed it, illustrated, videoed it, um, wrote it. If it wasn't you, Um, and I totally believe in hiring people out, you know, doing what you do best and hiring out the rest. And so if that was the case, which is awesome, um, we want to make sure that we just have something in writing that gives you the rights to this awesome thing that you created. Okay. 
Um, even if you paid for it. I know it would seem kind of like a no-duh that you paid someone for the rights, um, that you paid someone to do something for you, a contractor, a freelancer, your neighbor, a little VA, whatever, um, and you'd think, well, of course I have a Brittany. I paid them for it. That was that was the gig. Um, but U.S. law does say that unless it's in writing, the person that created the thing has the rights to the thing. And they have that copyright cake that we've talked about here. And they have the rights to slice and dice that cake any way they'd like and license it. So we want to make sure that you are getting those full rights to it. So um, this is a good time to remind you, while I'm an attorney, I'm not your attorney. And <laughs> not today, not in this discussion. Anything we talk about here is for informational and educational purposes only. Okay. If you have any questions, please talk to a attorney that's competent in this subject matter. Um, so we want to have something in writing. So now I have like a bare bones version of these, which is called like a copyright transfer form. And I sell it in my online shop at creativecontracts.co. Um, so this is like the bare minimum of something. It basically says, Hey, cool person, you created this thing, uh, you know, thing a, and now thing a is going to be transferred to me. All the rights to it is going to be go to me, which is awesome. So, um, the next level here that I highly recommend if you work with a lot of freelancers, if you have a lot of independent contractors in your business is an independent contractor agreement. I also sell this in my shop, um, but a good one of these agreements is going to have some work for hire language in it, okay? Those are those magic words, um, which if you're the illustrator or freelancer, you know to like, perk up your ears, <laughs> be careful about this. But if you're the business owner and the brand hiring someone to work under you, um, and you want to make sure that you have that language, that all that good stuff that they're creating is now going to you the way that it should be. So that's the language that you want. Um, work for hire and or permission to use for business in a commercial setting. You want all the rights. Okay. You don't want anything held back. Um, know that there's very much more limited scope of fair use when you're the one um, creating content, especially if you're a digital curriculum person. Um, as I've worked with a lot of my teacherpreneurs, edupreneurs, um, this is kind of a mindset shift that we've had to, to had to look at, you know, pretty aggressively is that if you're a teacher, especially like a public school teacher, you're given a lot more latitude to use other people's stuff in your classroom than when you're the one creating the content and charging people for it. Um, and that's fine, but we need to be, we need to be thoughtful and slow down a little bit in our process to make sure because fair use is probably not going to cut it. Um, if you're using someone else's stuff. So please be careful in here about using other people's people's illustrations, videos, artwork, please especially be careful with any kind of licensed artwork, okay? I don't want to see any Mickey Mouse, okay? Or Avengers. I don't, you know, just, I mean, there's a reason why people love that stuff because it's intellectual property with a lot of value and they've invested tons of marketing value and time and money developing those properties. That's awesome. Go see an Avengers movie. Don't put it in your curriculum and think that that's going to be okay, especially if you're not, if you're going to try to sell it on Etsy or TPT or on your own website. So um, always be asking, where did this come from? Do I have the rights to use this? And if it's a licensed trademark or copyrighted materials, the answer is no. <laughs> okay. No, no. Um, so let's be let's let's be careful there. Um, giving credit. My kind of last thought here is giving credit is not going to cut it. Okay, tagging someone, putting their name here. Um, you know, hey, thanks at for doing this. You know, giving you 
kiss, kiss, shout out. Um, not, not, not good enough guys. It's just not good enough. It's not the best practice. Um, you really need to get permission if you're going to use something from someone else. I will say if you're using, you know, a quote from a a giant book, you're probably going to be okay. Or like a quote from a paper, um, you know, like an academic paper or research paper, or if you find a chart, you know, something that's way more functional, you might be okay there. But if it's something like a photograph, a video, um, an illustration, you know, that some, you know, gifted artist created that you just love and it matches your branding and you're just, it just makes your heart sing. That's awesome. You should go ask them and figure out, um, if you can use it or what the price would be or if they have some licensing. Okay. Um, that's the way to do that. Okay. Google images is not the public domain. Do not think that because you found it online, it's yours (laughs) to wheel and deal. Okay. It's not, it's just not. All right. And we need to be, have to be better in this space as being creators. You know, it's up to us to level up and make sure we're glowing up this industry um, and not falling to the bare minimum. And in fact, below what's legal and ethical in terms of giving um, respect and giving credit and permission for other people to control what happens with their work, with their content. Okay. That's a big one, but it's kind of a little, you know, it's, it's just a little bit important. So that's why that's going to be the chunky one. All right, let's go to tip number two. We need to put a copyright notice on all of our materials. Okay. So this means your worksheets, your workbooks, your guides, your printables, um, you know, your printable cupcake toppers, whatever there should be in the footer, little copyright symbol, our cute little C the year, you know, so 2020 or the year it was updated or edited your company name. Uh, if you have an LLC, you put it here. If you don't, please go listen to episode six <laughs> and go and, and, and understand why I want you to go get an LLC. I want you to get up your, your Titanic compartment set up. Um, uh, and then you can put your personal name there. And then the words all rights reserved. That means that, hey, buddy, so glad you like my thing. Just to clarify the relationship here, I'm reserving all the rights. I'm keeping all the copyright cake slices right now. If we come to a different arrangement, awesome. But that's going to be in writing right now. The default, the Times New Roman is all rights reserved. I have all the rights. Okay. And that means you have the rights to copy this, to distribute it, to put it online, to use it in your portfolio, to wheel and deal and do whatever you want with it. Um, so here's the thing about copyright. We've talked a little bit about this before, but it bears repeating in the U S you do get this kind of copyright protection and recognition that this is your work. As soon as you create it, as soon as it goes on a napkin or it comes fresh off that printer, you know, hot, um, you get copyright protection. However, this is different than the registration of your copyright. Okay. I highly recommend that you register your copyrights. Okay. The claims to your copyright registration, because you get some really cool extra bennies. Okay. You get things like statutory damages, and attorney's fees. If you do this, especially within the first three months, okay, this is your special workflow timeline. You want to do it in the first three months of this being published, which most, uh, you know, attorneys in the space, we now agree is basically putting it online in any way, either website or social media is likely going to fit the definition of published. So um, the reason you want to do this is again, you can collect, you can actually make good on any threats in case people start to take your stuff. If you don't, if you don't register it, you can go and find someone who's using your stuff and you could say, Hey, take that down. And they can go, nana, nana, boo, boo, like come after me. 
And there's really not much you can do. You can come to me and I'll be sad for you and I'll say I can write them a scary cease and desist. Again, they could ignore us. We can't launch a lawsuit. We can't make good on our threat until you have registered the copyright. And this is a harsh and sad truth, um, even if it's against a big box store that took your design and just ran with it because they thought, ah, was probably fine. Um, and this happens all the time, unfortunately. So that's it's, that's that's a huge bummer. Um, and especially it's a bummer because if we can't collect statutory damages or attorney's fees, it means we are going to have to expend a lot of money and maybe only get a little bit of money out of it, um, which means that cost-benefit analysis, we're not going to do the case. Okay, And you're going to have a, a hard time finding an attorney who will take this case and go to bat with you, which means people get away with stuff. It sucks, guys. Um, I hope that the case act gets forward momentum. It's a it's an act that will establish a small claims court for intellectual property infringement in the United States, um, you know, a, a minor small claims court for copyright. Um, that would be awesome. And I think it would help a lot of creators and small business owners, but it is not in law yet. And so we are left with this not ideal system. Okay. If you've heard of DMCA takedowns, that's where you kind of go to the platform that's hosting whatever the, the copied mojo is, the where your copyright stuff is at, copycat stuff. And you could say, hey, Etsy, hey, Amazon, hey, EBA, whatever, Facebook, um, this person has my stuff. I'd like you to take it down. Um, you know, you use their little, there's usually a little form, a uh, web form to do that. Um, I will tell you in my experience that these are taken more seriously if you have a bunch of your friends help you and you have a large following that can put some pressure, one, or if you have a copyright registration or trademark registration. Um, without it, you can fill this out and you can just wait. Do, 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 do. And you're just at the mercy of the, whatever their customer service response time is, which could be abysmal. So it's super frustrating. I understand. So um, here's the thing. You created something, you put the work into it. Let's make sure we go and we finish the, across, you know, that finish line there and let's get it registered. Okay. Especially keeping in mind that you could do a whole curriculum. Okay you know, an entire science for second graders curriculum that you developed, you could turn that into one PDF. That's one registration. It's 50 bucks, guys. It's 50 bucks. Okay. You can do that. All right. Same thing with the online course. You can bundle an entire online course together as one PDF, or if you have multimedia and it can't all be in a PDF, you put it on a flash drive and you send it in. There's an address online. When you go through this registration process, they'll tell you exactly where to send it. 50 bucks. Your entire online course is now has the, uh, the copyright registration done. It's done. And you have so many more tools in your back pocket to actually fight and have a battle plan for copycats. Okay. It puts you in such a better position. So please take that seriously. Um, and do that if you can make it as part of your workflow of like, okay, I create the thing and I protect the thing within the first three months, create the thing, protect the thing, get it registered. Okay, let's talk about number three. If you are launching with someone else, okay, if you have, if you are in business in terms of this digital product, whichever these models you have, you know, product, subscription, course, or whatever, and you have a partner of any kind of business partner, please, please, please get something in writing, okay? Um, I We talk about this all the time with, you know, this goes basically for any kind of business, but I especially see it as important in a digital good business because you are creating digital goods together. And you might be kind of slicing and dicing the workload of who's creating what you're, you're likely, you know, you're creating intellectual property. That's the whole business model is you're creating this digital property. You need to be really clear that you guys are both putting this property in the business pot. 
and you don't own this individually, okay? You need to be really clear what the ownership is. Who's getting profit distribution? Who's getting, who's paying for expenses? Is that the same number? Um, you need to be really clear about what the work expectation is. How many hours are you gonna be contributing to this business? Um, and you guys on the same page here in terms of goals. Do you guys have the same clean copyright practices? Go back to number two. Or do both of you know this and that you're making sure that you can trust that your partner is sourcing photos the way they should be from a reputable stock photo website or they paid for some, or are they the one that's, you know, just scraping stuff off the internet and throwing it in the slide deck and thinking that it's going to be okay. Um, This written agreement should outline your roles, responsibilities, contributions, and how the ownership works for richer or poorer in sickness and in health. Seriously, there's a reason why, you know, I'm tongue in cheek. This is referring to, you know, marriage language is because this is a business marriage. Being in partnership with someone is a total business marriage. And I can tell you that business divorces can get ugly, super ugly, super fast. Okay. So to avoid that, this is this operating agreement, founders agreement, partnership agreement, they're all used interchangeably is your business prenup. Okay. This is your thing that's going to help you preserve the relationship because it's likely you got into business with someone that you trust. If you don't, then please don't be in business with them. (laughs) So you got into business bed with someone you trust. Um, and that you probably have some relationship with that you want to survive whatever it is, this project that you're working on, this thing, whether it goes great or it goes really poorly. And you know, and it's hard for us to predict at the outset. So you need to make sure that you're having these conversations while you're in the honeymoon phase that we know what's going to happen. It's, is it a little awkward to talk about ownership splits and who's doing what? And hey, I just want to make sure we're on the same page that we're contributing 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week, 50 hours a week. Yeah. But you know what? Those conversations only get more awkward. They only go downhill, okay, if you don't have them. Okay, the the more, you know, what's the best way to eat, you know, a cold, you know, cold crow pie early in the morning. <laughs> you get up and you eat it early. And that's what I'm saying to do here. Let's just have that hard conversation. Um, for a great resource on this, please listen to episode 45 of this podcast of Creative Council. Um, I talk all about in-depth about partnerships. And there's a questionnaire that's linked on there. Um, I've gotten amazing feedback from everybody who's listened to it. Um, well, not everyone, but the people who have given me feedback is you know, they've loved it and it's been super helpful to them. So please don't miss out on that free resource that I've already created to help you go through this process. There's like a three page, really detailed questionnaire that goes from everything from like the woo woo vision boarding stuff to these questions about the logistics and the numbers of what your business relationship is going to look like. Um, And also make sure that if you are going to, if you guys are both putting in a lot of inputs and not sure exactly how you want to slice the baby and you're finding that that's difficult to predict, um, please take a look at Slicing Pie. It's a dynamic equity model. It's a book and software that goes with it. um, That's a really, really cool uh, way of doing it. So that's the the fairest way that I've seen of uh, distributing the ownership in a company um, because it goes up and down based on what you're actually doing for the company. So Slicing Pie by Mike Moyer. Um, highly recommend that. Okay, let's go to number four. Consider trademarking. Okay, we talked about copyright. Um, copyright protects the stuff. It's the actual content. Okay, you know that's what I said. The workbook guides, the printables, the worksheets, whatever the course, um, the you know membership downloadables. Trademark protects your brand elements. So might want to consider trademarking your product or course name or membership site name. Or at the bare minimum, um, if you're not ready to invest in a trademark, um, because it is an investment, do a bare minimum for search clearance and make sure that the course name is available and not being used by someone else, okay? 
Um, so you can do this. You can do this on your own um, and do it really through a Google search and a test search. That's the electronic trademark search system. Um, however, these can be a little tricky um, and you can get some false uh, negatives, meaning like it looks like it's clear, um, but because you didn't check for alternate spelling or plurality or um because the trademark law does not, you don't have to have an exact match with somebody else out there for there to be a big problem. Um, I would recommend that you hire someone to do these. I do these a la carte for people who who just want the search. Okay, I do them for $300 and aren't ready to move forward with the full trademark. So $300, you, you at least know if you have a clear runway. Because if you love a name and you'd be heartbroken if you had to change or rebrand or if you spent money on a cool website or and bought a domain and done branding work and all of this, you know, you've invested. And I see you guys, you invest usually way more than 300 bucks on all this stuff. Um, please also make sure you're investing that you are building on shore property, okay? That you're not building this amazing castle on borrowed land that at any time is going to get ripped out from underneath you because those are, those are the worst conversations I I hate having those with people who come to me later in the game where they haven't done any brand protection yet um, and they've gotten a cease and desist and I have to tell them the really crappy news that, yeah, they're going to have to change everything. And then we have to quickly decide what we can pivot to in names and what's going to be okay and what's going to be too close. Um, You know, like Beyonce says, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it, okay? (laughs) That's that R, that registered ring, okay? That trademark registered ring. That's what you get to use when you get a trademark. So, um, and I do full trademarks of these. um, So if you're interested in learning more, if you are ready for and what that would look like, timeline, cost, um, what if it would be a good fit for your brand? Um, I always invite you. I've got free consults that I do, 15 minutes. So you can sign up at brittanyrattel.com services. There's a link here in the show notes. Um, sign up and you know let, let's let's chat and see if you're ready because I have no problem telling you if I don't think that it's worth your investment right now. So I'm not in the interest of, of selling something that you don't need. Um, but I also, like I said, I know people who've been burned by this and putting this off too long. And so I want to make sure if you love your name, if you love your brand, your course name, your product name, your membership, you know, um, website, let's do this sooner rather than later. Okay. Last but not least, number five is make sure we have our legal docs, our compliance docs, our sexy, sexy things that go in the footer of the website and that check the box on the checkout page. So you guys have seen this before, you know, you're on the last page, you put in your credit card and you, you check the box that says, I, agree to comply to the privacy policy and the terms of service for this purchase. Um, So you, we need to have stuff that we need to have a privacy policy and we need to have a terms of service. So we need to make sure there is something behind those links, behind door number one and two that I know full well that people are not probably clicking. We, We all understand this doesn't mean you can't have it, okay? So we need to have some good, strong legal documents that go in there and that go make sure they're in the footer of your website to make it crystal clear what is this deal? Because these are basically mini contracts because you are going into a transaction with someone. A customer is buying something from you and we need to know what are the, the what are the terms of this sale? You know, what are you, how are you standing behind your product and how are these situations gonna be handled? Um, and we're talking about, that these um, legal documents need to cover a refund policy, um, whether you have or don't have one. I'm not saying you have to have one. Your refund policies can be, I I don't offer refunds, but you need to make it clear what it is. Um, 
you need to cover payment. So this is obviously not as big a deal if you do credit cards, you know, and just one time credit card fees, um, and you're going to know right away whether it's accepted or not. This is a bigger deal if you have, um, if you're doing like ACH or direct deposit of any kind, you know, recurring payments or a repayment plan. Um, are there penalties for having a bad credit card or people being late on things? Um, and do, do you have any kind of grounds or anything set up to try to help you recover payment? Because um, I'll tell you that the going rate in terms of you know subscription and membership models is about a 10% fail rate, you know, um, more or less in terms of credit cards not working month over month. That, that works out to be quite a lot of business if 10% of your payments failing. Um, if you are, you know, if you're getting gotten in the big leagues where this is a significant number for you, um, I highly recommend the uh, the service Gravy, G-R-A-V-Y, like gravy at Thanksgiving, um, is one that Amy Porterfield, I know, recommends to recover your payments. I know it's not cheap, but that um, if you're talking about big money that you're losing, then it's okay to bring in, you know, the professionals and help you recover that payment. Um, so you want to make sure we have payment terms in there. Um, we want to have some language in these agreements that talks about, especially if you have, you know, say this is more of like an online course or a membership that's offering some sort of interaction or access to you or other subject matter experts. And so if people, if you have office hours, if you have live Q and A's, if you have group calls or one-on-one -on -one calls or kind of coaching-esque elements that you're selling as part of this product, um, we want to have some language about what does that look like? What does scheduling look like? What happens if people flip? out on you? Do you have community guidelines? What if someone's just being a total, you know, asshole? <laughs> That's A-S-K hole, but you can understand how it could be close to the other way, okay? Um, or worse, that there's someone's abusive or they're using hate speech or they're, um, you know, they're demeaning other patrons or they're spamming you. You want to make sure that you have some guidelines here that you can kick people off calls or out of the group or you can somehow censure them and make sure you're kind of moderating and, you know, curating your community in a way that's supportive of you and your brand vision and your brand value. So um, this is a good place for that. So um, the last thing is we want to be really careful about lifetime access. I hear a lot of people that in their marketing on their sales page, they'll talk about, hey, I'm selling this. You get access to this lifetime access. You get access to this forever. Um, let's be careful about that because are you in the business of wanting to host something forever to pay ClickFunnels or Shopify or WooCommerce forever to host something? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> um, and so we want to make sure that we want to pull this back a little bit, this language and say, hey, by lifetime, I mean that if I decide I'm not in this business anymore, and I am not going to continue hosting and paying money to keep this thing alive, this engine alive, um, that I'm going to give you some notice, you know, I'm going to give you 60 days or 90 days, and you got to download all your goodies, and then I'm shutting her down. So um, we want to clarify that so that you don't get sued by someone who's an angry, angry elf. Um, and it's like, why you said I had lifetime, and then you ripped that away from me. So um, those are just a couple of the things that will be covered by this. So I do sell these templates also in my um, in my Creative Contracts website. I have a standalone privacy policy that you can get, um, and I have a digital a goods terms of use. Okay, I have one for digital goods um, that you'll find really helpful, and I have one for an online course. And so you can pick the one that fits what you're doing, or if you need both, you can get both. Um, but you definitely, privacy policy is required by law. You have to have one of these on your website. Um, you just do, it's 2020, just believe me, you do. Um, 
the, the, the terms are not required by law, but you can see as I just walked through, through this, how they can be super, super helpful and can help ward off a lot of good problems. Between this and having good customer service will solve most of the customer relations problems that you're going to have. Um, if you get a chargeback, your payment processor is going to ask for these terms of use. They're going to say, hey, Becky, we got a chargeback from somebody who said, you know, they weren't served by you or they were swindled or whatever their complaint was. Um, what were the terms of use? Can you send those over to us, please, so we can review them? This is what's going to help go to bat. And I've had clients who, because they've had a solid one of these, have able been to be successful and to get their money back and not to be screwed over by people in maybe unscrupulous chargebacks. So that's really something to watch there um, and to be on top of. So um, please check out. I will have the links for all of the, uh, the templates that I mentioned in the show notes. And so if you're interested in checking those out, and seeing if those are going to be a good fit for you. They all are color-coded, guys, to be easy-peasy. You know, put in the yellow. Uh, it will show you that yellow is the name. You know, blue will be things that are optional. Pink will be choose-your-own-adventure in terms of terms that you maybe have a choice in A, B, or C, what applies to your business. And they, the, all these bigger templates also come with like a video screen flow so that I'm literally going through the document with my cursor and showing and explaining to you your decisions, how, how to understand this language, whether this matches up to what you actually do in your business. Because my whole goal here is to make sure that you are a more empowered business owner. It doesn't help you to have something on your legal docs that you don't understand or that doesn't match up to what you're saying in your sales language or in your discovery calls or um, the rest of the, the content that you're putting out. We want that all to be in agreement and harmony. We want to have some really good, strong brand integrity here. Um, and I want to make sure you're more empowered to know what this stuff is so that you can run your business the way you want to and it can be legally legit. So that's my whole goal here. That's why I include, um, you know, I over, uh, you know, over include, not over include, but I make sure that I, you know, go above and beyond to make sure that you guys understand how to use these agreements and that they are super easy to download and implement and use and that you get you going and you can just cross it off the list and know that you've gotten it taken care of. Okay. So thanks so much for listening today. Um, you know, I know this went probably a bit quick. I had a lot of energy to get back on the podcast train, but I'm trying to make things shorter and succinct because, Guys, we're busy. Um, and I know especially this year in 2020 with, you know, COVID still ranging and, uh, you know, raging and us trying to manage kids going back to school or, you know, I'll put school in huge parentheses of what that looks like this year. I know our time is at a premium. So I just want to thank you for showing up here, um, for taking time to listen to my content. And I hope it's been helpful to you. If again, if you haven't had a chance um, or haven't in a while left me a rating and review, I would really, really appreciate it. If there is information here um, that you think would be helpful to a friend, um, to a Facebook group, to a business mastermind group, to someone else who's kind of your business bestie that you guys go back and forth, please share or uh, share on social media. I'd really appreciate it. I want to make sure that people know how to protect these amazing digital things that they've invested in. So um, I, I love the that we've seen such a growth in niche of people being able to take their expertise and package it up and solve someone's problem um, and to be able to do that in narrow and really targeted ways that allow people to get from A to B and go through that transition and have that success. So I want to make sure that customer journey, that investment of time that you've made is protected so that you can get on with creating good stuff and that you're not, you know, mired down or wallowing um, in copycats and rip off artists and, you know, unscrupulous people, unfortunately, 
currently who exist out there. So we want to put this in the in a proper you know boundaries that there are stuff we can do. We've talked about it today. You can put boundaries in, and then there are stuff that you're just going to have to let go. Um, and with that, I would highly recommend listening to episode 42 and 44 are all about copycats and copy wrongs, and everything's a, a remix, and it's a lot more of um, more in depth about copyright about copycatting um and what can we do about it and what do we just need to let go to make sure that you're moving on because the worst possible thing is that you stop creating and stop putting this goodness out into the world because we're all the poorer for it okay all of us thanks so much for joining me here today i hope you have a great day and know that you are a real business owner whatever it is you're doing even if you haven't got started yet okay you're on your journey i'm excited to be there with you and i just hope that you know that you can own your business in every sense of the word.